0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Out of Bounds podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Subscribe and download wherever podcasts are found. Or visit 1037thebuzz.com.
1: Welcome in Out of Bounds here on 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, live from the Ariana's Pizza Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. Happy, uh, I guess, uh, stimulus check day. It seems like most people are getting their stimulus check day. That might be the best thing about today in most people's minds is the fact that there will be a check coming from the government. In fact, I read a story that it might even say from Donald Trump himself, which I could see that happening. But either way, it's a check that's going to be hitting people's banks' accounts here in the next week or so. That's a great thing. That's a very great thing. So you said the check
2: will say from Donald Trump? <laughs> that's what I heard. I don't know <laughs> if
1: that's true or Maybe not. Maybe his signature is on the well, check I, itself? Well, cause see, I don't. I got a direct deposit, set. So I'm still waiting on mine. So hopefully, knock on wood, it actually comes through and there's no hangups. But knowing my luck, I got to go through, uh, you know, all sort of hula hoops to try to get it to go. But anyways, what I heard, though, is that if you check your bank account and, you know, you can see the, the statement that'll say, all right, well, this is from, for instance, when we get paid, it says Signal Media, you know, from our company that pays us. It'll say Donald Trump. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I just think it would be really funny if it did ha- happen to say the president's name. But either way. There's going to be some money flowing in, so that's a a little nice. I mean, it's a beautiful day to add into that mix. It all works out.
2: Mine says IRS Treasury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't say anything about Donald Trump.
1: That's all right. I mean, the money's still the same. I don't think anybody cares where it's from. They just know that it hit the account. But see, that's the thing is, Joe, you got yours. All my buddies got theirs. That's why I'm getting concerned. Getting worried. No reason um, to be concerned. What are you talking about? No reason to be concerned. <laughs> like this is this is money we're talking about here. Oh,
2: well, I know, I know, and you'll get your due.
1: Uh-huh. You I just didn't get it first. I know,
2: I but know, but it's not one of those cases where if you're first,
1: you're last. Then
2: you know you'll get the money and it. You'll be happy.
1: Yeah, well, just that's like true. everybody else has already gotten theirs. That's true. But here's my biggest issue, Joe, is I know that if there is something wrong with mine, they're going to be like, okay, well that's all right. Go ahead and go to this website and fill out this form and do all this which I know that website's not going to work, it's going to be completely crashed because so many people are going to be using it, and then maybe in the next four or five months I'll finally get my check. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's how my luck goes. It's not going to be so many
2: people, just you. You're going to be the only one that's waiting on your money to get to that site and have to fill out the
1: paperwork. And it's still going to be problematic. <laughs> it's still going to be an issue, and it's still going to be annoying. So, I
2: will say by the end of this week, John, you will have your money. If not tomorrow, Friday, you will have your money.
1: If I don't, what can I do to you? Can I punch you? Can I um, do something?
2: Yeah, You can look at me through the glass. <laughs> okay. How about that? Okay.
1: That was, <laughs> man, all right. Well, that's a, that's a quite a change there. But well, let's hope so. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still feeling optimistic about it. I just want to wait and see and if it actually happens. But either way, uh, it's it's great to have that. It's great to see how beautiful it's starting to get. The weather's starting to warm back up once again. And it's great to have all of you joining us here on Out of Bounds today. Now, obviously, we're going to be joined by uh, Asa Hutchinson with his press conference he'll be doing, giving the latest up-to-date information on the coronavirus happening at 1.30. It was teased by The Zone that Danny West is going to be joining us around 2.15, but unfortunately, he just texted me Uh, and he had a member of his family pass away that he's having to deal with. So our thoughts and prayers to Danny and his family during this time. So he's not going to be joining us, but that's all right. We'll give you all the information with signing day going on with the Razorback basketball team that's happening today. I know they're uh, getting some transfers coming in. And it seems like the main question that, or at least I should say, the main concern that Razorback fans have, because let's be honest, the Razorback fans are always concerned and worried that anything's ever going to go according to plan. People are worried about Moses Moody. It's like everybody else are feeling like, hey, okay, well, they're going to sign today. Or if they don't sign today, they have a ceremony put in place that they're actually going to put together and have. But the Moses Moody, which is arguably the biggest recruit that you have for this class, I'm not saying he won't sign, but there's always just that feeling of, okay, so why why are you not signing today, man? What, Why are we not hearing any sort of confirmation that you're for sure going to sign? Well, what's the story here? Why is this happening? What's going on? There's always that concern, Joe, because we know, as Razorback fans, it's never going to go according to plan, ever.
2: We do know that, but we've benefited from the same type of deal in the past where we've had guys that were committed verbally to certain schools, but then they flipped and came to Arkansas. Damian Williams being one of those guys. That's right. Now, he ultimately ended up back at USC where he initially committed, but he came to Arkansas to start with. So we've benefited from that same type of deal at Arkansas, and we're always happy when it happens with us. But when it happens the other way, we, we take offense to it, and we
1: hold grudges. Yeah, but let's be honest, Joe. Most of the time it happens in the way that it's not supposed to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, it, that's it does why. because
2: um, sometimes, uh, you know, things, other factors come into play. And by those other factors, the thing that we say fuels everything in life, money.
1: Yes, those things come That's into right.
2: play, and um, and then you have some of these so-called big, bigger-name schools in tradition and history that come along. They're the Johnny Come Latelys, but they not only with Arkansas, but other schools. When it when it happens like that, where these schools have been on certain players the whole time, and then one of these, just say Alabama's in football, Kentucky in basketball, Duke in basketball, when they come along. Somehow they're able to steal these athletes away.
1: Yeah, and that's what's frustrating. And I know that we even talk in the recruiting ranks, but you can even just look at the program in general. And it always seems like the things that do go Razorbacks' way in a moment ends up being a moment where it was all in vain, at least in some people's minds. Like, for instance, the 4th and 25 play against Ole Miss, one of the craziest plays, if not the craziest play in Razorback football history, led to a victory. Great game, great moment. But what did it get you? (laughs) <laughs> you went seven a and five. I win, yeah, yeah, which was nice, but you still went seven and five. When right. you look back, you're like, oh like, wait a minute. We should have beaten Toledo. We should have beaten Texas Tech. How in the world did that happen? Yeah. It's the same thing when Arkansas beat the number one team and eventual national champions, LSU in Baton Rouge in 07. Houston Nuts last game. Everyone was pumped up. Yes, this is great. But we went eight and four. Like, you know, so it's always like even when they get those moments, they're still it's like you take the one step forward, two steps back type of
2: thing. Yeah, I, I got what you're saying because a lot of times when you get breaks like that in a season, it goes on to be a much better season than you initially thought. But when you talk about the difference in going seven and five or six and six, what's really the difference there? Because had they lost that game, they're six and six. But as you mentioned, there are a couple other games they should have won. So they actually should have been a lot better than they ended up anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly right. But we all know that recruiting is a crazy game where anything can happen. Anybody can change their mind. Some of the craziest sports stories have come in recruiting ranks. So I are – you, Are you talking about Arkansas or are you talking about everybody? Well, I'm just saying specifically Arkansas, but in about general like everybody. Alex <laughs> Collins. Yes, Alex Collins with his mother stealing his uh, national letter of intent. Uh, she I, just
2: wanted to look out for her son, man. She wanted him to stay close to home. She wanted him to stay close to mama. But, but we're just, happy that it all worked out and he came to Arkansas. Well,
1: right. And I, I don't understand that, but stealing his paper and driving away yeah, I when everybody's there at the ceremony waiting? And I, Arkansas once again is on – the national stage because
2: of something negative.
1: Yeah. Could you have imagined if he like ended up signing with Miami instead and said, okay, mom, I'm sorry. Let's, yeah, let's stay here. You no. know, I'll your Razorback fans would have felt well, that Well, but happened. you know
2: what, though? We, we wouldn't have known what we missed out on unless he just did something extraordinary in Miami. Which he
1: probably would have because, again. I don't
2: know, man. Miami had some, you know, they've had athletes across the board, so I don't know if he would have done anything to stand out.
1: Maybe not. Maybe not. But still, that would have been Arkansas's luck. But another story that, of course, brings up to me is when Doriel Green Beckham, that whole thing, where – okay, so why are you shaking your head I'm at this? I'm shaking
2: my head because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we thought we had a good shot at getting the guy, but you don't just make it like it's a permanent thing that this guy is coming here. Unless that – until, like we always say with signing day, until somebody signs on the dotted line – and that guy never even said that, you know, he was coming here verbally. What he did was he waited till the last minute and it was down to a couple of schools. We thought, okay, you know, Arkansas, we got a great chance of getting him because in our minds, we're better than the Missouri Tigers, right? So in our minds, we're thinking, oh, there's no way he goes to Missouri over Arkansas. Well, he stayed in state and went to Missouri. So. What, what's the big surprise about that?
1: The big surprise was is that he was t- he told every Razorback football player the note that he was coming to Arkansas. He had told the coaches he was coming to Arkansas. He told everybody, I'm coming to Arkansas. When he was on a recruiting trip in Fayetteville, he was hanging out on Dixon Street. He was not supposed to. He's under 18, but he was there, and he was with the other recruits that were visiting, recruiting them to come play for Arkansas. That's where the shot came in. Okay, so why
2: didn't he at the time verbally commit if he told everybody i'm coming to arkansas why didn't he verbally commit at that time now that i don't know well that's what i'm saying that that's exactly the point there he can tell whoever he wants to if he verbally committed i could see it as a shot for arkansas where everybody is thinking okay this is a guy we got this is a guy who's committed to the program it never got to
1: that point. But I think it's because he wanted to sign on signing day and have I, the big ceremony come along with it. I, I got – well, yeah, okay. All right. See, that's why I think he did it. Because that, that was during a time before the early signing period mm-hmm. when the first Wednesday in February was the signing day, and you would have everybody make a big deal. And he was the number one player in the country. Yeah. Like, he was big time. And I remember thinking, I'm like, how – because I was one of those fans, Joe. At the time, Arkansas was coming off that 11-2 and season – I'm like, why? Why would you not want to come to a place where you're going to have a senior quarterback and Tyler Wilson throwing you the ball your freshman year? It's going to be you and Kobe Hamilton and Markwell Wade as the wide receiving core and uh, Mikael McKay, who ended up playing a little bit. But it just it didn't make sense to me. It didn't compute. Why in the world would you go to some trash school like Missouri? Uh, but we all know how that all ended up. Yeah, that's why I was thinking it's all about the, that money, man. <laughs> it's all about that money. I got I got to chalk it up to that. But the whole point is is that there are so many things that happen in recruiting, and it's why I love it, but it's also why I hate it. It's like a love-hate relationship with fans, especially Razorback fans. I love it because it's intriguing. I love it because you get to see some of the the processes of how you're able to get some of these big-time players that may be a huge impact on your team and on your squad. I like to see how the coaching staff goes about their recruiting, what type of states they're going into how they pulled it off, because I'm going to be honest, Joe, when Brett Bielma arrived, speaking of Alex Collins, and he and his staff, and I'm not saying it was just him, I'm not giving credit to anybody, but him and his staff went into South Florida and got Alex Collins and Denver Kirkland, which were two of the best players in South Florida. I was like, holy crap, this guy, this guy knows how, he gets it. This guy knows how to recruit, if he can get guys out of there, because let's be honest, state of Arkansas is not going to produce high-level talent at the rate that you'd like to be able to put together a great college football team. There'll be some players here and there, but there's just not that plethora of talent that comes out of this state compared to other ones, so you have to go out of state. And if he's able to go into South Florida and pluck some of these guys year in and year out, man, that's going to be big time. Now, obviously, it didn't work out, but that's what I like to see is how coaches go about it. And Sam Pittman's so relatively new, and I know that uh, he did a fine job doing what he could given the circumstance of getting some recruits in here in this first year. But I just like how it all plays out. But even though I like seeing it, and I like you know reading about it, and we love having Dudley and Danny on this show to talk about it, I also hate it because it, it's stressful. It's a stressful thing. Right. Because And I can't imagine what it's like for coaches. But it's stressful because you want that high ranking. You want to get that big-time player. You want a little bit of bragging rights. Be like, man, we got this guy who had offers to – Bama and Georgia and LSU, and he came to Arkansas. It's almost like its own game within itself. It's You know, you love to win on the field, but there's also this element where, and during the spring especially, that's your football. That's that's your where you look at and saying how you get bragging rights and against your rivals and how you win is what type of recruiting class you have coming in.
2: Keithley Service Company, Life and Feedback. Rusty Shackelford says, commits. KJ Hill verbally committed just to get cheered his senior <laughs> year. Then he flipped. I remember that. That was another weird one too. And he did it at the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame, which you knew when he did it there at the time he was committing to Arkansas.
1: That's right. And I'll I'll say this. And again, everything's hindsight. Everyone's got a story. But I actually have a good friend of mine that was uh, in high school, went to school with KJ, and KJ was like telling people that he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to Arkansas. I'm just I'm just doing it here just to just to do it." And so <laughs> that, and then added into the mix of when Brett Bielma called up Ohio, uh, Ohio State coaches. Uh-huh. As you remember from, uh, of course, his name just escaped me, the, the crazy assistant coach, uh, Zach uh, Smith. Yeah, or Zach Smith. Zach Smith, yeah, the crazy coach. When he, I don't know, whatever it's true, I could believe it. But yeah, that was another crazy story. So just things don't always go according to plan for Arkansas. And that's what's frustrating about it. And I know we've talked a lot about football. Basketball, for the most part has been pretty fair because a lot of the kids that ended up going out of the state, you knew fairly early. It wasn't like this heartbreak where it's like, oh, no, he's coming here, and then at the last second, boom, he's gone. Like Malik Monk committed to Kentucky before his senior year even started. You know, Archie Goodwin committed to Kentucky pretty early on. Kayvon Allen, I think he may have been later in the process. He was. But the problem with that one was when Billy Donovan leaves Florida, then – he calls into a – his dad calls into a radio show mm-hmm. and says, Yeah, we're, you know, we're reopening up and then everyone got excited again. Oh man, he could come to Arkansas. See, that
2: once again, that's I, I shake my head on that one. There was the possibility, but then the fact that he still stayed committed to Florida. Why why are you mad at that? No. Why is anyone I'm not saying you specifically, right, I'm right, saying right. why would anyone be mad at that? It was one of those things where he was committed to Florida and then there was a coaching change. So He's like, all right, well, let me think about my options. Let me go through them and see if this is a coaching staff that I really want to connect with or do I want to stay in state. And he decided, I'm going to go with my initial thought, my initial decision, and go to Florida.
1: But I think it was because of the dad, I can't remember if it was the dad or stepdad, but the person that called in that had a relationship with Kay bon, voluntarily calling into a radio show saying, hey, it's back open again, I think is what, frustrated some people because it's like, okay, you shouldn't just said anything. Just let it play out the way you were. But then you go on a radio show and say that it's going to get people's hopes up. Because that's what it is. It gets people's hopes up. It is exactly right. And there's also an element of pride in this state, Joe. And I, you, people will say it's about like this in any, every other state, but particularly Arkansas, that it's if you're a big-time in-state kid and you get an offer to go to Arkansas and you don't go to Arkansas, people don't like it. yeah I, I, I think people... For the most part, there's some crazies out there, but for the most part, Arkansas fans and Arkansans will be supportive and saying, hey, it's, it's the kid's decision to do that. Most of them will be that way. But there's also an element of, but once you leave, once you're out of here, once you go play for that other school, we don't have anything for you. You know, it, it's it's kind of like that. Keith it, Jackson was the exception of that. But see, either, there are people still to this day that are bitter about that. There were a lot of people that were not big fans of him being on the Razorback IMG broadcast. I was one of them. I I, didn't like that fact.
2: Well, I think a lot of people came around and came. It helped. If they did have any of those type feelings, who doesn't like Keith Jackson? Everybody loves Keith Jackson. So I think a lot of people who may have been feeling that way, Mm -hmm. and I don't know a lot of people that were personally, but anybody that was, I would think the majority of them did come around because, all right, Ultimately, he came home, and he's part of the Razorback family, and then his son played football at Arkansas. So, you know, bygones be bygones with that. Tom heals wounds. But I look at the other side of that where you had a lot of guys who were those in-state guys, and their dream was to be a Razorback, and then they had to go elsewhere, and then they, they, you know, realized their dream and got to the next level, but they had to go a different route, or not even if they – left the state but even if they stayed in state like Derek fisher for example Mm -hmm. stayed in state he wanted to be a razorback but he wasn't and he was able to realize his dream make it to the nba reggie swinton one of my good friends out there reggie wanted to be a razorback he had to go a different route not only through college but he had to go a different route through you know making it to the nfl where he got cut a number of times you know, go to the AFL, the Arena Football League, and then he ultimately made it to the NFL. So um, I look at the other side where there are players that want to be Razorbacks, and then for some reason they just don't get that opportunity. They go a different route. They make it, you know, to a pro league in their sport.
1: Yeah, there's two sides to every argument. There's two sides of the coin, because you can even make an argument for say, someone like Dusty Hannes, who originally didn't get that offer to go to Arkansas, goes to Texas Tech, and then performs a certain way, Season opening is over at Arkansas, he's like, all right, I'm going to come back home and play for the Razorbacks. That's what he always wanted to do. But there's just levels of how people will view a particular player while he's playing at Arkansas and also after he gets done playing at Arkansas. For instance, look at Bobby Portis, who just came on our show last week. Bobby Portis committed to Arkansas early, Mm -hmm. was not going anywhere else, he wanted to be a Razorback. He didn't care who the coach was. He didn't care what the situation was. He wanted to be a Razorback. Now, in his two years at Arkansas, they went to the tournament. They won one game, and that was it. Like, it's not going to be a historical career that people are going to look at uh, for, for many different other Razorbacks, but the difference was is that people have an affection and a special love and care for players that do that. Corliss Williamson was another example. Now, granted, he won a national championship to go along with it, but he was one of those players. Darren McFadden, he didn't even take any other visits. Phil Fulmer tells the story that he would call him daily saying, please just let me get you on campus for a visit. Please just let it. He said, no, I'm going to Arkansas. I'm not going anywhere else. There are people like like players like that, Will always have a special place in Razorback fans' heart.
2: I'll I'll tell you what, though, that's something that you is rare, and you wouldn't find that happening again in this day, not that I, you know, could think of. Because kids want to be kids; they want to be, you know, they want to take these visits, they want to see what's out there, and they could be fully committed to Arkansas the full time and always want to be a Razorback, but they still want to take those visits and see, Mm -hmm. you know, just see other parts of the the country and things that um, they normally wouldn't see if they weren't part of this process.
1: That's right. And, again, I think most fans understand that and respect it. It's also about how is it conducted and how does that process play out. People don't like Malik Monk and the Monks because of how that played out. It did not play out well. But there are players that left to go elsewhere that played out fine, and I don't think people have issue with that. You know, it's just, again, Michael Dyer was another guy that – People didn't like the way it was handled and how he handled it. But he moved on, and it's fine. Bygones be bygones. But there's just, again, different perspectives by different processes in the recruiting realm in this state. It's a very different type of animal. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Podcast
0: with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Follow the show on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors and at 1037TheBuzz. Two hours
1: now, one hour by listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas John Neighbors Joe Franklin live from the Ariana Speech Studios with you today and thank you as always for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon really great conversation we've been having dealing with recruiting and state recruiting playing for the Razorbacks some people have uh, been in full agreement some people have not but that's all right and we were up against it in the previous segment but I wanted to bring up this uh, This story by a question, and I'm trying to remember who was the caller that asked it uh, in the previous segment. Can't remember. I'm sorry. I apologize. I couldn't remember which one it was. But uh, either way, they were talking about how it's an archaic way of thinking Mm -hmm. and to say that you want your in-state kids to play for the Razorbacks or to play for your in-state school. My point to that is, is that I don't believe it's archaic because... It's not like it's been 30 or 40 years since you've had players with that same mentality, where you've had big time players want to play for Arkansas, want to wear the state of Arkansas on their back, and, and make it all happen. Like it, it's been happening over decades now. Now you have those, it seems like maybe once every decade, you know, you've had that one big time player that comes through. You know, you have the Corliss Williamson that comes through. You have a, a Joe Johnson, if you will, that comes through. Uh Darren McFadden in football, of course, is the biggest example. Bobby Portis is another one. Like it happens, so the fact that it is still happening, as long as that mentality is still there among players, you're still going to have that same mentality among fans. So that's why I don't think it's archaic because it's still going on. But the reference that I was giving about Frank Broyles, which you know he's he's a guy that's. Obviously, as iconic as they come in the state of Arkansas, not only just for Razorbacks, but just the state in general. One of the things he said, and my and my brother was on a recruiting visit. He got set up when he was looking to go to college, uh, checking out colleges. And one of the things that Frank Broyles, of course, went into a whole spiel. My dad set up a meeting personally with Frank, and the the pitch that he gave to my brother was saying, essentially, that once you are a Razorback, you are always a Razorback and you will always be a part of a Razorback family. Now, that can be taken a lot of different ways. It's not saying that, hey, once you graduate from here, you're guaranteed a job because you're, you went to Arkansas. It's not that. But it's, it's a culture-type thing. It's a mentality-type thing. It's a family-type thing. Now, some of that may have been gotten away from because of changes of administration and changes <laughs> of mentalities. Maybe it's not as prevalent as it once was, but I still think that it is a mentality that can still be appreciated and one that still should be built up. While saying that, I also believe that if kids decide to go elsewhere, if they don't want to go and play for Arkansas or Arkansas State or UCA or anything like that, that's fine too. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's a great thing, though, when kids in Arkansas play at Arkansas. I agree. I agree with that. for sure. I just wanted to make that clear. I know there was some... People thinking that I was, like, trying to Say that they put have down to on come, kids. Yeah, yeah,
2: they have to come here, and that's it. That's the bottom line.
1: Yeah, it, and it's not. It's not because, listen, I, I was 17, 18. Luckily for me, I wanted to be a Razorback through and through. Like, I wanted to go to Arkansas. That's what I wanted to do. There was no other option. But my brother, he didn't want to go to Arkansas, so he didn't. Same thing with my sister. Same thing with my older brother. I'm the only kid of the four kids that went to Arkansas, and that's fine. Like, it worked out. Even though we all grew up Razorback fans, we all grew up in Fayetteville. We had different, we had different wants, different desires. I get it.
2: So let me ask you this then: um, d- Did they all leave the state? Or- they did. Okay. So do they all live where they went off to school? Nope. They all came back. They all came back? All came back. That surprises me that they all came back. Mm -hmm. I would think that at least one of them would be off in another state. In in fact, I'm the
1: weirdo that lives in Little Rock. (laughs) They all all live in Fayetteville. They all live in Fayetteville, or at least in northwest Arkansas. So only did they come back to the state, but they came back to the same area. But again, everyone's different. I get it, but I don't want people thinking that I'm saying if you don't go to Arkansas, you're shunned. That's not what I'm saying. It's not a bad thing if you leave. It's just more about it being a great thing if you stay. I'm looking at it from the glass half full. That's what I'm trying to portray. Byron is in Fayetteville on the West End Cigars Hotline. What's going on, Byron?
3: Hey, what's going on, John? Um, I think it's more of a regional thing, and, and here's why. Okay. Um, you got a kid, let's, let's, let's say, you got a kid by the name of Michael Dyer from Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to Arkansas. People in that area really didn't say too many things bad about him. And I've been in the Fayetteville area. I'm from Jacksonville. I've been in the Fayetteville area up here this way about 15 years. Oh, uh, he called heck up here. You know what I mean? I think it's more of a reasonable thing. Archie Goodwin with the, with the Kentucky.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And he had the famous press conference. I'm from Little Rock. I'm not from Fayetteville. What, you know, I'm expected to get booed. Okay, the Malik Monk situation. Yeah, he played basketball up here, but he's from Lepanto. You know what I mean? So I think it's more of a regional thing because, I mean, and, and and as I'm saying it's a regional thing, I think it's kind of hypocritical because I graduated high school in 1996 and the biggest ball player in 96 was Nicky Bradford
0: mm-hmm.
3: from Fayetteville. He went to Kansas. No one says anything bad about that. Bartley Webb from Springdale went to uh, Notre Dame. No one says anything bad about that situation. Oh. Uh, was the kid slick Shelley from uh from Southside mm-hmm. South mm-hmm. with the Tulsa. No one says anything about that. I mean, oh, at first he went to Tennessee, then transferred to Tulsa. No one says anything bad about that. But Brett Smith and Rashawn Fellas from Warren didn't come to Arkansas with Tennessee. What's going on with Warren? Why they can't send their players up there? So I think it's more of a regional thing. I don't think it's more of a, if you're born in Arkansas, you got to come to Arkansas. I think it's more of a regional way of thinking. That's me. That's my two
1: cents on the situation. Well, I appreciate it, Byron. I appreciate it, Byron. I disagree with you, first off, because being somebody who grew up in northwest Arkansas, yeah, yeah, people still say stuff about people leaving the state from northwest Arkansas if they went on. Now, it may not be as prevalent because, let's be honest, there's not been as many big-time athletes coming out of northwest Arkansas that there has been in central Arkansas. But there's still an element to that. And it also depends on the situation, for instance. When Trey Norwood didn't come to Arkansas and went to Oklahoma and had a fantastic career out of Fort Smith, people didn't blame him. They blamed Brett and the coaching staff, for not getting him. You know, it was the same thing with, say, somebody like Akil Byers. That was a Fayetteville kid. Plays up at Missouri now. Originally committed to Alabama. Defensive lineman out of Fayetteville. Now, people are always talking about grades or whatnot. He ended up going to Missouri, and he's doing just fine. But when that happened... You know, people were more upset at Brett Bielema. They weren't upset at him going to Missouri, and the kid that's actually you're going to help to help me with this, Joe. The other kid that went to Missouri, the running back mm-hmm. that was from Central from Arkansas. Central Arkansas, right? I have not heard a peep of anyone saying anything bad about him.
2: Well, I there was something not not that they said about him, but it, to your point, it was about the coaching staff more so. Right? How did we miss out on this guy? But then the fallback from that was okay. We had all these running backs coming in, so maybe he felt like Mm -hmm. his opportunity would have been better elsewhere anyway. And so sometimes you'll run into that where you're so stacked at a position, and that was what the previous caller was alluding to as well. You're so stacked at a certain position, and you can find a better opportunity elsewhere. So that goes back to the point that we want to leave these decisions to these kids anyway. It's ultimately their decision, whatever decision they come to, nobody should be down upon them for making a life-changing decision for themselves, Right,
1: and, and that's my whole point. I Again, I am not saying that it's black and white clear as crystal that every situation means that it's either you're on one side of the aisle or the other. Like, it is a very fluid situation. There is a lot of moving parts, and, and everything's different because it depends on a coaching staff. Because, listen, Ryan Mallard grew up a Razorback football fan. Diehard Razorback. Where did he go? Michigan. Why? Because he did not like, this is just from what I've heard, I'm sure, people are going to disagree. He did not like how Houston Nutt handled quarterbacks, and also with the Mitch Mustang circus that was going on up there, he wanted no part of it. Mm-hmm. So he went to Michigan. They hire Bobby Petrino, who's more of a, a passing type of coach, and it was really good at developing quarterbacks. So what do you do? He came back.
2: You know what? Though there was some uh, coincidence coincidence with that as well, mm-hmm. where Michigan yeah. hired a new coach. West, uh, so, Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. So he felt like maybe I fit better right. here, the opportunity for him and the better fit for him was to come to Arkansas right. at that time.
1: And, and that's my whole point. As I'm saying, every situation is different. And it's not. I'm not trying to turn this into a Northwest Arkansas versus Central Arkansas thing either, because I think that is the most overblown, overplayed, dumbest thing ever. We're all in the same state. We have differences because, hey, it's different areas. You're going to have those differences, but it's not this rivalry what sometimes people make it out to be. At least it's in, just in my judgment. Somebody who's lived in both areas, I don't see it that way. But I do believe that given certain circumstances, certain players that not come to Arkansas, there's going to be some animosity there. There's going to be some hurt feelings there. Because, and I told Joe this during the commercial break, how I looked at it is that Razorback fans, if you really wanted a guy and he doesn't come to Arkansas, it's an ego hit thing. Because it's all of a sudden turns into you think we're not good enough for you. You think we as Razorback fans, our state, our university, that's not good enough for you. And it probably isn't the case. It right. probably not right, but that's how it's viewed. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it's, it's almost like the, the hot girl at the prom that you ask her to dance and she turns you down and goes to somebody else. It's like, she didn't turn you down because, oh, well, you know. Because there's just, she didn't want to dance. Yeah. She, she tur- just didn't want to dance with, with you. you. Exactly. And so it's just, it's a thing that takes a little bit of a hit. And when your ego gets hit a little bit, you start to turn a little bit angry, a little bit bitter, a little bit petty. and. That's the way
2: it goes. But but how long do you hold on to that? I I could see it from the beginning, but
1: at some point you got to let that go. Well, you just brought up Keith Jackson. How long has that been held over? Do you see a bunch of people that still have problems with Keith Jackson? No. Time heals wounds, Joe. And it's the same thing when you see players that have, like, left, for instance, uh, trying to remember uh, Archie Goodwin. He brought up Archie Goodwin. I think people still maybe have a little bit of an issue in it, but nobody thinks about Archie Goodwin anymore. Well, they don't think about him because he's not. Yeah, you know, he's, not, he's not being in the spotlight all right. the time, Yeah, which is another big factor as well. Uh, you know, Again, everything is caught up in the moment, then time heals all wounds. People are going to get over things. It, it just happens. People are going to get over the Malik Monk, even though some people will still feel like it's a bad thing, but people get over it. it. It just happens that way. So I don't think there's a timetable of people holding that over. I'm just trying to explain to people why people feel this way, why it is this way. Because there's a lot of people that don't understand. You know, Will Pickskin, Nathan Monin, he's been tweeting. I mean, he doesn't get it. I'm like, (laughs) of course you don't. What did he
2: have to say? I want to hear what he had to say. Well, he
1: doesn't understand why anybody would not root for an in-state kid that decided to go somewhere else. And my, I'm
2: I'm I'm with him on that. But if it's an in-state kid, I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm wanting to see him
1: do well. But my thinking is is that if a kid goes outside of the state, I don't think anyone wishes ill will towards him. They don't hope that he fails, at least the most part. But there's also going to be a lot of people that won't root for him. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying everybody, but there will be some element of people that don't root for him. And there will be some people that cheer him on and wish him and hope that he ends up being a major success. There's just different tiers of people, different lines of thinking. So it's a very complex culture that we have in this state, given with the Razorbacks and given with the connections of the university with the people of this state. And so uh, Damari Crockett was the
2: running back That's we were right, talking yeah. about that went to Missouri. And to Byron's point, we have lost, because whenever we played Missouri here in Little Rock and they're going over their roster, they had plenty of players, not plenty, but they had some players from Fayetteville, from Fayetteville that went to Missouri. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, uh, it's an interesting dynamic how those players that are right there At the end of the Arkansas campus, where you see these guys up close all the time, and then they end up leaving the state, that's
1: a more interesting dynamic to me. Yeah, and that to me was more of a problem towards Brett Bielman and the coaching staff because they did not recruit those guys. It was not that it's one thing to try and then you lose out. Brett Bielman never offered a Keel Byers, never offered him a scholarship. Alabama, he was commit. Nick Saban came into Fayetteville on visits to see this kid. And Brett Bielma wouldn't offer him. Like, it's different. Now, if Brett Bielma and Nick Saban were in Missouri, we're all going head-to-head and they were trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, and they were really heavily going after the kid and he decides to go to Missouri, it's going to hurt some feelings. But people more laid the blame down at Brett Bielma and his staff and in their ineptitude to recruit in-state kids at times. So... That's why I'm saying everything is different. Let's go back to the West End Cigars Hotline. Corey is in North Little Rock. What's going on, Corey?
3: Hey, what's going
0: on, guys? How y'all doing today? Doing good. good. Man, I kind of got to agree with Byron, man, because I I graduated like in 91. And I still remember uh, Milton Brown. uh, He went to to Oklahoma State. And uh, Richard Scott. He went to he went to Kansas.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, Richard and, Scott, and, my guy, I went to high school with.
0: That's what I'm saying. And these guys didn't get get, get heavily recruited by Arkansas. They just they were like kind of overlooked. And when they ended up in Oklahoma City and in Kansas, everybody was like, "Well, why do these guys didn't get a look?" You know. So, it, it, I think it's more 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 than the, just dynamics, man. Sometimes it's the coaches just don't don't go after these guys. They don't even try to be like, well, he all right. But well, well, we we didn't get a good start on it. Sometimes if you just get a uh, just go and say something to these kids, man, they'll be like, I want to come to Arkansas.
2: hmm That that's, that's kind of Corey. That that's kind of the John's point though as well. He. That's a problem on the other side of
1: it. Yeah, because I'll be honest. Like We just brought up the instances with Brett Beal with him not offering certain kids. That's a problem. And, and listen, you guys need to put this on, re- on record. Start recording this because I'm about to give credit to Houston Nutt for something. Houston Nutt always did a great job. Even if he lost out, he always did a great job at recruiting in-state kids and getting them pumped up and excited and selling them the vision of Arkansas and the Razorbacks. He yeah. did a yeah, great job did. with that. And I think well, that, yeah. that was, that's an element that's missing, and it's hard to do because I think Sam Pittman's probably going to be the best guy to do it because he's actually got connections to this place and to Arkansas. But everything's a little different.
0: Well, John L. Smith, he was a
1: good – he came down <laughs> to uh, a <normal. laughs> Oh, yeah, you couldn't even make it uh, through that one.
2: Oh, uh, Corey. He came down to North Little Rock
0: uh, when uh, my son was playing. And, uh, you know, at the time, Al T. Tenpenny was, uh, you know, he was a big-time running back for North Little Rock. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, he came down and was recruiting those you know, He so tried, kids, didn't he, Corey? He tried. He tried. You know, he was down. And I said, like, hey, what's going on, Coach? He was like, hey, I'm down here with <laughs> Crib. <So, laughs> So, hey, some of these kids some of these kids, man, all you gotta
1: do all they got to do is hear
0: mm-hmm. hey, I want you to come to Arkansas.
1: That's it, right. Man, it, 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 it good. Time. Hey, appreciate
0: the call, Corey. All right, y'all have a good
1: one. Hey, you as well, man. Appreciate it. Let's keep it going. we Joe's in Jacksonville. What's going on, Joe?
4: What's going on, fellas? Y'all doing all right, doing today? good. Doing good, man. Oh, I want to put a petition in that we never ever mention Brett Bieleman's name in Arkansas <laughs> ever.
1: Again. Uh, do you? Can I call him Bert? Can we? Can we switch it up and call him that?
4: That's, that's fine, man. A matter of fact, if we could just take Brett out of the whole name, uh, however they pull the names out, if we could just take Brett out of that, I'd be fine with that too.
1: Uh, well, I still like Brett Eibner though, so I want to keep that one in there at least.
4: Hmm. So, so check it out. So, two things, man. Uh, first thing, I'm from Arkansas. I love Arkansas. I've loved the Razorbacks since I was a kid. Anybody that comes out of Arkansas that's going and doing something, I want them to succeed. Whether I know them, don't know them, if you're in Arkansas, I want you to go off and do great things. All right, that's just my own personal thing. Mm -hmm. The reality of the situation to me is, if we're just talking Arkansas basketball, it's been a dumpster fire on the hill since Nolan left. Nobody can, you can't say it hasn't. How many times have we been to the tournament? How many times have we won the SEC tournament? How many times have we been relevant? If my son was 17 years old and he was a top 10 recruit and he could start at anywhere in the nation and Arkansas was knocking on his door and Kentucky and I don't know. i just say North Carolina just to kind of throw up a blue blood if you want to in there. I'm going to tell him to go to Kentucky or North Carolina. I'm not going to send him to Arkansas. Now, now it's different because Muscleman, I like Muscleman, but if we're talking traditionally, man, our sports up there outside of baseball and track, man, have sucked. Let's
1: well, i tell you what, we're up against it, man, but we'll address it on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to the
0: Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found and be sure to visit 1037thebuzz.com for all things buzz.